Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back. How are you this week? Ah, <laughs> it's the end of December. It's a, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> I, I honestly don't really know where this month has gone and I was mentoring a young person um, last week, week before last, no last week uh, as I'm recording this and um, you know, she said to me I can't believe it's 11 days until Christmas and I said wow. Um, so yes for anyone who does celebrate Christmas um, yeah that's this week um, and I think this is a really lovely episode to kind of be sharing with you Christmas week. Not that I'm expecting you to listen on Christmas Day, <laughs> you've got uh, quite a few days before then, but I've been super organised today because I wanted to get two episodes ready so that you will still have an episode released on uh, the following Monday after Christmas, um, and I usually edit on a Saturday and I'm probably not going to want to on Christmas Day, so uh, <laughs> I've got two episodes recorded, edit, well already recorded, but edited and ready to release so there'll be no disruptions to the usually scheduled podcast um, release or whatever. Uh, so before we dive into today's conversation I want to say a massive thank you to Teresa who joined us last week. I really enjoyed that conversation and hope you did as well. My voice is a little better as you can hear but um, yeah I'm not going to talk too much or waffle on too much. I just, before we dive into this episode, and I really love the timing, um, actually of the two episodes that I edited, this one was originally going to be next week's, but I just thought with the content of this conversation, it was just such a lovely one for a festive week. Um, but oh, it's a, a funny time again this Christmas. I think last Christmas was weird. Um, there were restrictions in place. Um, we couldn't see family, spend time with family. And this Christmas we don't have the same restrictions, but it's all a bit vague and up in the air. And and also Christmas is a time anyway, there can be a lot, a lot of external pressure. There can be a lot of um, seeing people, have feeling that you have to fit into certain roles. Or I think sometimes we can just really go over our boundaries and not practice self-care at this time because we're trying to see everyone we're trying to be there for kids if we've got kids we're trying to make it an awesome time we might be cooking and trying to pull everything together and uh yeah seeing seeing so many people and I guess I just wanted to sort of acknowledge that and uh, offer a little reminder about the importance of looking after yourself you know, that it is a time for you as well as your family and everyone else. And it's, I don't know, it's, if you, if you celebrate Christmas, it's a sort of, you know, hopefully magical, special time for everyone. And that includes you as well. You are also completely entitled to a lovely day. Um, and sometimes that means putting boundaries in place and communicating what you are okay with and what you aren't. 
Um, sometimes it's having some downtime and some space to yourself. Um, and sometimes it's choosing that actually you don't feel like you want to spend time with lots of people because you don't feel safe or it's always overwhelming or you always end up arguing over Monopoly or whatever it is. So I just want to send you my best wishes, but also, yeah, have a little pause to to think about looking after yourself this kind of Christmas. Again, if you celebrate, if you don't, sorry, <laughs> to go on about it, but giving yourself that time to really sort of check in of what you need so that you can have as wonderful, joyous, calm, lovely, whatever kind of festive period you want to have. Um, I'm going to have, as usual, a quiet Christmas with my husband and my pup-pup. Um, I'm doing some volunteering sort of um, a couple of days before, but none actually over Christmas Day, so it's just going to be quiet and home. Yes, I hope it is a happy and joyful one if you celebrate. If not, yeah, let's just dive in <laughs> to this. So uh, I'm joined by Joe today, and we are talking about happiness um, and Happiness Club, which is an awesome project. Um, project's probably not the right word. Awesome space community um that she has created so i'm going to stop waffling now i really hope that you enjoy this conversation and i will be back quickly at the end hi everyone and i'm really happy to welcome today's guest joe to the podcast so joe welcome and if you could tell us a little bit about yourself hello thank you very much yeah i'm joe howarth and i um i'm a mum i'm married I have cats and a dog and I run a company called The Happiness Club and I help people learn how to look after their mental health and well-being. That's what I do with most of my time. Yeah, awesome. And mental health, well-being, it's all like we love to talk about here. So um, welcome. Um, And yeah, I guess I always like to know kind of how people have got to where they are. Um, So how did you get started? How did The Happiness Club come about? So I started as a jobbing therapist. So by trade, I'm an advanced hypnotherapist and a mindfulness practitioner. So my specialisms are stress and anxiety because that's where I come from. So I totally understand those two things, issues. Um, And I started out as a jobbing hypnotherapist, helping people with stress and anxiety, but also the normal, the confidence and the phobias and all the stuff that normal hypnotherapists do. Um, and increasingly I was getting people, clients saying to me, so if I could just put you in my pocket and take you home with me, um, if you could like live in my dining room so that I can just check in with you through the week in between our sessions. And much as I would have liked to help them more, actually have, I just mentioned, I'm happily married with two children. So actually moving in with them wasn't really an option. Um, but I could also remember I'm a therapist because therapy changed my life and continues to change my life every time I go back for more because I do it regularly. And I could remember that feeling the first time I had therapy where I had this hour once a week with this amazing man who helped me see the world in a much better way and help me see myself in a much better way and then I would have to live by myself for an entire week and manage by myself for an entire week before I got that hour with that amazing man again um and so I could remember feeling like that feeling like I wanted to please can you can you just be on tap for me forever thank you very much 
And so I wanted to find a way to support my one-to-one clients more without actually having to move in with them. Um, and so, and also I was having conversations. I was part of a national networking organization. So I was having conversations with people 300 miles away who wanted one-to-one sessions, which at the time Zoom was not the thing it is now. And I just couldn't work out how I could do hypnotherapy at that amazing distance. And I was getting inquiries from people who were local to me, but who didn't have the funds for full-blown therapy. And so all of that was sort of flying around in my head for a month or so. And then watching the TV one night with my husband relaxing completely and having a cup of tea when things drift in and out of your mind. Um, And I sat bolt upright and said to my husband, it's a club. Oh, my God, it's a club. It's the happiness club. And and I'll send them something every day. I'll send them a daily strategy so that if they're a one to one client, it's a way of me still checking in with them every day and they know I'm still there. And if they need to reach out, they can. And if they're not a one-to-one client because they can't have full-blown therapy, that actually it's still something they can hold on to every day. And if they live 300 miles away, I can still just send them an email and they can have something to hold on to every day. So I very much see the club as me putting my arms around all the members every morning and giving them a hug. I'm a big hugger and saying, it's okay. I've got you. I'm right here. If you need us, we're here. We're here to help. But in the meantime, have a think about this today. Look at this thing like that today. Try this technique today. Um, So it's very proactive, but it's also reactive for them as well. Um, So that's how the club came about, was out of that wish from my one-to-one clients for a bit more support. Well, it sounds amazing the way you've set it up there. It's that support and that being there and holding them, which can be so powerful. Like when if it feels like everything's falling apart, like someone is there, someone cares about me. Yeah. But also in an empowering way that they're not becoming overly reliant on you. Like, oh, it's fine because Joe, <laughs> Joe is going to fix well, everything. And that's the thing. And, you know, when I t- describe it, when I introduced myself there, I said I help people learn how to look after their mental health and well-being. For me, that's unbelievably important and a huge part of what we do is helping people learn how to look after themselves if we don't look after them I don't change people's lives they change them themselves but I needed someone to hold my hand when I was doing that and as I say still do from time to time Um, and so that's what I see my role as is holding someone's hand while they make the changes that they've decided they want to make or while they deal with the difficulty that they've got to deal with like you say it's just nice to know that there's someone there um one of the members in fact several of the members recently have told me they they think of the club as their mental health insurance policy it's like they don't need to contact us on a one-to-one basis all the time but they know they can if they need to which kind of makes them not need to at the same time (laughs) yeah it's that that there's something there yeah if i need it and that is very reassuring like you said um, I wonder, um, I also like to ask for definitions and happiness is a funny word to me. And I'll, I'll say a little bit about that in a minute because it's something I've been thinking about today. Um, but I wonder when you were thinking about the club and what you're going to call it, kind of why happiness? And when you use that word, what it means to you? So, okay. So the, the word happiness came to be used from a conversation I had with a friend of mine. Again, when I was a jobbing hypnotherapist, I was just Joe Howarth, the hypnotherapist in these networking meetings. And this lady that I knew who became a friend who was in marketing, 
she and I went for coffee one morning and we were chatting away about what we both did. And she said to me, because you do realise, don't you, that what you're doing is helping people to find happiness. And it had never really occurred to me in that way before. You know, I help people stop smoking. I help people manage their weight. I help people with their phobias and their confidence and their stress and their anxiety. And as we chatted, I was like, oh, my word. Yeah, whatever anyone's coming to me for, the reason they're coming to me is because they want whatever it is they want to change. They want to change it because they want to feel happier. That which for me then makes happiness the most important thing in life, bar none because I think that's what we all do. Whatever the thing is we want or the thing we want to stop or the thing we want to change, in that wanting, what we're actually wanting is to feel better, is to feel happier. Um, so therefore, ergo, happiness is the most important thing ever. Um, and so that's, so, so for me, yes, there are lots of different definitions of happiness. Some people say to me, well, it's, you know, it's not possible to feel happy all the time. It's a fleeting emotion. And I say it is, it is absolutely. Um, and the happiness club doesn't teach people how to feel happy all the time, because I don't believe it's possible to feel happy all the time. That's not what happiness is for me. Happiness is about understanding that stuff is going to happen, that there are difficulties, that there are challenges in life, that there are different emotions in life. And happiness for me is actually allowing yourself to experience all of that, to experience all of those emotions, knowing fundamentally that everything's okay underneath it all. And that's that's that was one of my biggest learnings as a person because my life was very up and down and all over the place and I felt wrong and broken and all of that stuff. And, and then realized that actually came to this learning that everything's all right. And all of this up and down is just experiences. I love that you used the word. Okay. Back there. Cause that's, um, I love that word. Um, it's, it's so funny that we're talking today because we were going to talk um, last week or week before, and then we've rescheduled. So t- funny happiness to be on my mind today. So I wanted to get like a notebook to like an empowering kind of one and and I went into WH Smith and there are a few and this one caught my eye bright yellow <laughs> it says future is happy the future is happy or something like that which I never never would have gone for before because my my own journey has been with depression predominantly and when I was really depressed happiness was just like <laughs> like so far away not on my radar I was really like everyone goes on about happiness and I like just it just wasn't a thing and it was it, it took me so long just to be okay and then we're actually seeing it and I was like mm, maybe the future is happy and there was that kind of hope there and, and and I bought it and I was reflecting it was actually just before I went for therapy <laughs> and I was reflecting actually how far I've come in my own journey that actually a word that I was like no because <laughs> that's not just not where I am in my life now I was like yeah yeah I'm, I'm open to happy now <laughs> Cool. Good. I'm glad that's ace. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's a step by step. It's a process, you know, and that's that's what I love about the Happiness Club. (laughs) Um, And I really do love what we've created, you know, because that's exactly the ethos behind it is that we send the members a daily strategy and the strategy is something little every day. Right. It's not a big, oh, my God, all of a sudden jump from feeling rubbish to feeling the best you've ever felt. Hooray. That's not it. Right. It's a step by step. Just try this today 
and just have a, and just look at things like this today and have a go. And if you have a go and it doesn't work, get in touch with us and have a chat to us about why that hasn't worked for you. And we can help you work around it. And that's the point of the club is just to I, I call the daily strategies like they have like a drip feed effect so that over a couple of months, you kind of like you've just said, you look back and you go, oh, oh, no, hang on. My thinking's changed on that thing. Or I was in that situation this week that normally I would have done this in and I've done that instead. And it's small, subtle changes that you don't necessarily notice at the time that they're actually happening. It's not till you look back and reflect and you go, oh, no, I did that completely differently this time. And that's what I love about the effect of the happening. That's what it does. That's how it just really gently helps people take those steps. And I think that's so powerful because sometimes you'll hear people who talk about happiness and like, yeah, it's, it's a lovely feeling. It's all of that. But if it's just like, just be happy, yeah. just be happy. <laughs> like, well, how? <laughs> like it's, yeah, that's it. you know, yeah. Like, like it is that destination. I just, just get there and then you're done. You're happy now. And it sounds like, you know, it's really practical and that really realistic, but that support to kind of have more of that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I've just, um, I've just run um, a free five day happiness club experience. And one of the pieces of feedback I just put out on my social media this afternoon, actually, that says uh, my favorite piece of feedback said um, it was all fab, uh, loads of practical stuff to take away. And Joe, you're so normal, which obviously all my friends on Facebook think is hysterical. But that for me, that's awesome. Because, again, I think with a lot of teachers and um mentors and that kind of thing because we look up you know I have people that I look up to and you just assume that their lives are perfect and idyllic because they're teaching you and I'm very open about the fact that my life is normal right I'm a mum I'm a wife I'm a uh, I have pets and I have a house and I have a business and I have issues that I deal with and challenges that I go through and I share all of that in the happiness club in the hopes that me going through it helps people go oh yeah I do that oh no I'm going to do the same as Joe next time and see it like this or I'm going to have a go at that how Joe got herself through it next time and see it like this um so for me that's the biggest compliment that anyone's ever given me that I'm normal you know that that actually she could relate to me this lady because and I don't I don't hold with all that positive positive mindset is awesome it's awesome 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 but there is so much more to happiness than positive mindset yeah absolutely and I think it's it's so important to be real isn't it and not have this oh <laughs> my life's perfect and because people might look at it and go yes teach me everything but actually is probably just a front because th that's life like no one really knows what's happening no one has everything figured out and I've had I've had episodes before where I've been like, quite open about stuff and then at the end it always feels funny I'm like hey and this is how you can work with me <laughs> just told you all my not all my problems obviously but I've just been sort of saying about this and like hey if you want to work with me but I think it is that knowing that someone has been there they've been through it they understand because already you can go into that space going I don't have to overly explain it because you get it. Yeah. And that's it. That's the thing. It's um, 
you know, when I first started out, I used to I used to tell my backstory quite a lot. And I don't really these days anymore because I don't really feel the need to. Um, it, I mean, telling my backstory on a regular basis was obviously quite therapeutic for me and moved me through stuff. Um, and now I don't really feel the need to. So when I do tell people bits and bobs of, of where I've come from, again, it's like, oh, oh, OK, I wouldn't have thought you have been through that or you have done that or you have experienced that. Um, I do. I used to get when I was networking quite a lot, I used to get people say, yeah, well, it's all right for you, isn't it? Because you've never you know, you're the happy lady. So you're you've obviously not really experienced anything like this so no 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 we'd sit them down and say so this is what I've experienced and then they'd be like oh okay all right okay but but it's that thing of making yourself relatable isn't it like you say you know it's we, we're all human beings we all experience all of these emotions and and it's important I think for us to acknowledge that we all experience all of these emotions regardless of how successful we are or happy we are or whatever we are it happens to us all. And I've learned certain things from other people and from living my life that help me. And so I want to share that. That's how I see the work that I do. Yeah, well, I think it's so awesome. Um, and I wonder if you've got a couple of like favorite sort of strategies or techniques that you that you could share with us without obviously giving away all of your secrets. God, I'm happy. Literally wind me up and you, you know watch me go I could talk for hours about this stuff so um yeah my absolute favorite technique ever in the whole world um is called the glad exercise which I actually learned from reading um a book called 10 mindful minutes by Goldie Horn of all people who I had no idea until I read her book is like a mindfulness queen um but anyway and she talks in the book about how she used to come home from school and instead of her dad saying to her, how was school, he would ask her what she was glad about from school that day. And then they would do it again in the evening before she went to bed. And so I started doing it and I started doing it with my kids and and it was gorgeous. And so then I started teaching it in the workshops that I run and the schools program that we run and the club and. I put my own structure around it. So now when I teach the GLAD exercise, I ask people to sit down at the end of their day, reflect back over that day and find at least five things from that day that they're glad about. I ha It works along the same lines as gratitude, obviously. For me, I do do gratitude exercises and I do teach gratitude exercises, but I have also worked with people who have really struggled to find something to be thankful for when they've had the day from hell and they already feel crappy and they just don't want to find something to be thankful for thank you very much it just feels too hard and too heavy but they could find something to be glad about it has a lighter vibration to it it has an easier reach it doesn't feel as heavy as gratitude can do sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, so we use the phrase, so we do the the glads every night in the club. We have our own app for the club and the last notification of the day is tell me what you're glad about today. And some of the members will put one or two things. Some of them have big long lists. I do mine publicly on my Facebook profile every night. And it's beautiful because even in the day from hell, there's still good stuff. 
But because as human beings, we are wired to see and hold on to the negative rather than to see and hold on to the positive. If we have the day from hell, we're much more likely just to hold on to that to, to the minute we go to sleep. Whereas actually just taking that five minutes to go purposely back through your day and find the bits that you're glad about, because they will be there even if there's only a couple of them. There's always good stuff. We're just not trained to look for it. We're just not taught to look for it. And that's what the glads do. I get messages from the members of the club all the time saying things like, do you know what? I just had the most awful day. And I thought, I don't care what Joe says. I'm not doing my glads today. There's no point. And then I get the notification from the app and I think, oh, okay, Joe, I'll do them. Um, and it's turned my entire day around. And they're, they're just the most magical things to do. So that's my absolute favourite. Um, the second top tip that I would give is, to, which is the essence of mindfulness, which is one of the things that I, uh, one of the practices that I use in my work, is to purposely spend, make an effort every day to root yourself in the present moment, in this moment right now. I know from having lived through severe anxiety that a lot of us spend our time either living in the past and reliving whatever rubbish went on over there or fretting about the future and what might be and what could be and what might happen and what might not happen. And actually, neither of those things are happening right now. The past and the future aren't happening right now, apart from in your head. So the more you can root yourself in the present moment and be here now, because actually all we ever have is this moment. Um, so the more that you can root yourself in this moment, the less you live in the past and the less you fret about the future. And my favourite way of doing that is to take one minute, just one minute, find somewhere comfy to sit, set a timer on your phone or your watch for one minute, close your eyes. And for that minute, focus on every breath in and every breath out. Every breath in is a moment in time. Every breath out is a moment in time. Your mind will wander off after two or three breaths and start going on thinking about all the stuff you haven't done yet or you need to do or the things you're doing tomorrow or whatever. When you notice your mind's wandered off, just gently bring it back to your breath. It'll wander off again bring it back to your breath just for one minute a day just one minute and when you get used to doing it for one do it for two then for three then for four when you get to five minutes it's officially called meditation and it is the most gorgeous way I've ever found of rooting myself in the present moment not in the past not in the future but right here where I am right now so they would be my two top tips for anybody listening it's awesome. I mean, I do have a top tip question later and I don't know whether we'll, I mean, you might have more, we can throw it in still. <laughs> well, I was thinking as you were saying it and I do live a lot of the time in the, um, I love the tips by the way. So thank you for this. Um, I either am in the past or future, but I found myself recently a lot in, I'm going to call it like a make-believe dream world, which is in touch with reality a bit, but it also is a complete like daydream, particularly when I'm driving, I'm like in a complete fantasy world, which is... Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be the future, but a very unlikely future, I would say. So that's my other place. I've been hanging out a lot. <laughs> it's a nice place, but still not particularly present and grounded. <laughs> so. But again, if you're going to wander off into flights of fantasy, because anything that you're imagining about the future, whether it's likely or not, anything is a flight of fantasy because you're making it up. 
right? This was one of the biggest learnings that I had about anxiety when I realized that actually anxiety is a future-based emotion and it's, it's largely here when we're making stuff up. We're making disasters up in our head. So honestly, if you've got the choice between making a disaster up and making a fantasy world up, which, yes, please, I'll go for the fantasy world, thanks. I don't feel so bad about it now. <laughs> Actually, I didn't feel that bad about it before. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but you're so right. Yeah, like so many things that we can get hung up on as well. Something I've been thinking about a lot is the little imaginary everyone else that we have in our head and how that trips us up. And that is all made up. That's all us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. That's the thing, isn't it? It's all yeah. made up. Yeah. So anyone who thinks they're not creative, you are massively creative. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> You made it all up. <laughs> um, before I ask you my set questions, Joe, and here's some more tips. Uh, do you have a final thought on happiness, uh, life in general that you'd like to share with us? I think the key thing I think I would like to say about happiness is that it is always possible. And in my opinion, it's possible in every moment of every day. And um, I, I heard actually, and I really, you know, when you hear an analogy and you wish you'd written it, um, I heard an analogy on YouTube, this guy called Rupert Spira, Spira, I don't know how you pronounce his surname. And he talks about um, when you go outside on a sunny day and the sky is completely blue and clear of clouds, right? And then as you stand looking at the blue sky, the clouds start to come over, white clouds to start with, and then they eventually they cover over the sky and then they go gray and dark and a storm happens, right? And he said, now happiness is that blue sky. When the clouds come over, the sky is still there. You can't see it, but it's absolutely still there. Always, always, always present. And I and and he that was his analogy for happiness. Happiness is always there. It's always possible. It's always present. We just get it just gets covered up with our cloudy thinking, cloudy behavior, clouding programming and conditioning. And I absolutely love that because that's exactly what I believe. It's always present. It's our birthright. It's always possible. It's just got covered up and all you need to do is uncover it. You need to just shoo those clouds away. And that's what I teach people to do. Awesome. I love, I love a good analogy as well. And that's a lovely one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have some set questions. I ask everyone that comes on and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And actually the first one was maybe when I was being a bit anti happy, I really, I still love this word, even though happy is maybe allowed back in my life now. Um, but I love this word as well. And so I ask everyone that comes on, uh, what brings you joy in your life? Oh, my goodness. My puppy. My cats. We got a puppy about six weeks ago. And it is like having a newborn child that can run. Um, but he just brings so much joy. It, you literally... I mean, I left him downstairs to come and do this. Why I'm doing this interview from my bedroom, because otherwise he would just sit and bark at me if I was talking to someone else. But it's the I could leave him for 10 seconds. And when I open the door, it's like he hasn't seen me for a year. The utter joy. It's just and it just it's contagious. It can't not bring you joy, too. So. The things that bring me most joy are my puppy, my cats, my children. Um, the cats and the puppy probably win because they don't answer me back, Hannah. Well, I mean, I've got um, a rescue dog, an elderly gentleman dog, and he does answer back now, so that's to come. <laughs> <laughs> 
What kind of puppy is it? He's a flat coat retriever. Okay. No, he's he's tripled in size since we got him. He's enormous now. Um, but he's just beautiful, just yeah. pure joy and pure love. Just yeah. there is no side to him, you know. It's yeah. gorgeous. Oh, amazing. We could talk about puppies all day. Um, <laughs> so my next question, and sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's not for, for people. Um, I'm going to guess maybe not, but who knows? Uh, what makes life meaningful for you? I mean, it could be puppies, but... <laughs> always puppies. Always puppies. Uh, what makes life meaningful for me? I think what I was saying earlier about the idea that everything's an experience, and I have really only started viewing life in that way in the last couple of years but it has utterly changed the way that I deal with challenges difficulties I used to use the word negative things and I don't really use positive and negative very much anymore I see them as difficulties challenges and viewing everything as an experience that is there for me to experience obviously, so that I can learn something. For me, that gives everything value. It gives everything meaning. It gives everything purpose. Everything and anything from the smallest thing to the largest thing then has some value in my life because all of it is there for me to grow and expand, which I believe is what we're here to do. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, so my next two questions are about our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental wellness, mental well-being. And so the first one is, what does mental well-being mean to you? That's a really good question. Mental well-being to me is, so the way for me to describe this is, again, for me, mental well-being, along with happiness, it's it's our birthright it's our natural state of being right a lot of people use the term mental health and when they say mental health that they mean things like depression and anxiety that's not mental health right anxiety depression they are issues with your mental health does that make sense the dis the distinction between it um but all of it is all of it is there for us to I feel like I'm broken record now, but all of us, all of it is there for us to experience, right? And mental well-being for me is knowing that you have access to, whether it's from within yourself, which you absolutely do have access to it within yourself all the time, but sometimes you don't know that. And so you go outside of yourself to get that help, which is like me, but that you have access to the resources that you need to deal with absolutely anything. Right. And that for me, that's where that sense of well-being comes from, because it means that whatever life chucks at you, you can deal with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And that's kind of why we we didn't talk about mental health so much, because people have a very limit, like you said, a very narrow view of what that is. Mm. And actually, we all have a mental world, we have mental well-being, even if we've never been at that point where we have one of these conditions that has a label that that's we can. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so then my follow-up is always for yourself, what you do to look after your mental well-being. So I do uh, a variety of things. I, I journal uh, every morning. So since we got the puppy, actually, my routine has changed slightly because obviously I now have a, the equivalent of a small child. Um, so 
I used to get up and go and sit and journal and meditate and all of that in my sitting room. And now because we have the puppy, actually what I've started doing is going out into the garden and he wallops around the garden and I sit on the bench in the garden and meditate and journal. And it has added a whole new dimension to it for me to actually be in the fresh air. I've noticed things like the bird song and the different noises around me first thing in the morning and just being able to sit in the fresh air and meditate is just gorgeous. So yeah, I meditate every day. I journal every day. I take time purposely to appreciate stuff. I sit on that bench in the garden and I say out loud, <laughs> my neighbours probably think I'm a bit crackers, but I don't care. I say out loud everything I can think of that I'm grateful for. Um, and then I will purposely pick something to spend a bit more time appreciating. Appreciation for me is one of the most gorgeous things alongside love and joy. It's the purest, most positive emotion that you can experience. And it's possible to create it within yourself anytime you want. So I purposely do that every day. Um, and then I will check back in with myself as I go through the day. And I take a lot of relaxation time every day. And I talk a lot. I spend a lot of time talking to people about relaxing every day um, because I think we as a as a human beingness, we tend to, you know, we work for six months and then we take a week's holiday in the summer. And that's all our relaxation time all at once. Right. And I say, no, 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 please build it in throughout your entire day just take five minutes here and a couple of minutes there and five minutes there and half an hour there and purposely relax the more members of the happiness club that we get the more people that I am holding space for on a daily basis the more rest and relaxation I take yeah and so well so important for everyone but yeah especially if you're in a role or have something where you are holding people in that way because if you're being there for them and your feeling, ugh, mm. yeah. I teach people to look after themselves first, right? And so many people say to me, oh, that's so selfish, I can't do that. And I say, and I used to feel the same. And I say to them, no, because you can't help anyone else if you're on the floor, you literally can't do it. I would not be able to do my job effectively and help the people that I help if I didn't look after myself first. So it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for those, that. Um, <laughs> my next question, sometimes a little bit of a challenge for people, so we'll see. Okay. How, yeah, how would you describe your own mindset? Oh, interesting. Um, I would say my own mindset is positive, optimistic. Um, my husband, my husband, uh, we balance each other out, shall I say. Um, so he finds it quite amusing at how optimistic I am most of the time, bless him. Um, so yeah, I'd say a positive, optimistic, um, loving as well. For me, lo love is a huge part of my life. Self-love I'm talking about as well as love to other people. Um, one of the things that I do on a regular basis is to sit and send myself love and then send love out to anyone that pops into my head at the time that I'm doing it. Sometimes that's the entire world. Um, so yeah, 
strong as well. You know, I'm resilient. I'm strong. I've learned how to be resilient. And, and it is a thing that you can learn, which is what I teach other people to become emotionally resilient. So I would say I'm very resilient and open. Open to open to those challenges, open to those experiences. Yeah, awesome. I always find it so interesting to hear people's different like takes mm. and perspectives and, and all of that. Um, so then my next question is one of my favorites to ask, which is the top tip question. And so we did some that kind of happiness related. So there could be more happiness related ones or just general life tips. Um, but do you have a top one to three things that you want to share with us? OK, yeah. Um, I would say I've got two things, I think, on top of the ones that I've already shared. Uh, the first would be around responsibility and genuinely taking responsibility for yourself. I used to be the kind of person that blamed absolutely everybody and everything around me for the way that my life was. I blamed people from my past, parents, step-parents, grandparents, bosses, managers, boyfriends, ex-boyfriends, literally everybody. And when I first had therapy in my mid twenties, it was one of the things my therapist worked with me first on. And it blew me away that that I had that that actually I was supposed to be responsible for myself. And I think it's a thing that a lot of people pay lip service to. If I said to someone, you know, who's responsible for you, they would say, well, I am obviously. But when you say to them, OK, so tell me who makes you feel angry in your life, they will reel off a name of other people. And who makes you feel um frustrated in your life they'll reel off names of other people and who makes you feel happy in your life and they'll reel off names of other people and I say to them so okay so the person that makes you feel angry is you and the person that makes you feel frustrated is you and the person that makes you feel happy is you other people can do or say things that trigger learnt conditioned responses in your subconscious mind that make you think feel and do before you even realize you've thought felt and done but you have the ability to override that automatic programming. That's what I teach people to do. That's what I learned to do. Because the only person that can make you think or feel anything is you. And that's awesome news. A lot of people go, oh, right, so it's all my fault then. You go, no, no, because it's not about blame. Blame and responsibility are completely different things. For me, knowing that I am fully responsible for my own life is unbelievably empowering and unbelievably liberating. And blame is utterly disempowering. You're handing the power over your life to someone else when you blame them. So practice taking responsibility. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I'm not saying it is, but it's absolutely possible. And the second top tip I would say would be to notice and catch yourself when you make assumptions we make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of assumptions every day we assume we know what that person is thinking or feeling in relation to ourselves why they're doing what they're doing largely in relation to ourselves because we are utterly egocentric um, and we respond accordingly but actually very rarely do we make an effort to go and find out if our assumptions are correct? You know, we've, I do visualizations with people where I invite them to imagine walking down the road and someone they know is walking down the road in the opposite direction um, on the other side of the road. And 
I say to them, imagine that you wave at them and they don't wave back. Now tell me what your instant thoughts are on that. And nine times out of 10, it'll be, oh, they blanked me. Oh, why aren't they talking to me? What have I done? And what are they doing? Why are they being so rude? And oh my God, how ignorant, right? And actually there's a million and one reasons why that person might not have waved back at you. But our instinctive assumption is that they're in a mood with us or that we've done something wrong or that they're rude or and we make these assumptions and then we act according to those assumptions instead of actually crossing the road and finding out why the person didn't wave and it, if, in, if it was me in my case it would just because I haven't got my glasses on right <laughs> so. Same, I was thinking that just saying it, but I'm not wearing my glasses <laughs> someone <laughs> that's it so notice notice when you make assumptions and catch them and bite your tongue with them and go find out if the assumptions actually correct sometimes it will be but sometimes it won't be and you'll save yourself potentially some confrontation yeah absolutely thank you so much for those um so my next question is a bit of a recommendation question so i love to read also love TED Talks. Um, so do you have a book or a TED Talk recommendation of something that was really impactful in your life that you'd like to recommend that we check out? Mm, I have two, if that's okay, off the top of my head. Oh, absolutely. First one is The Power of Now by Eckhart, I can't say his name, The Power of Now by Eckhart, I don't know actually how you pronounce his name, Tolly. Tolly, Tolly. I don't know unbelievable book blew my mind the first time I read it um and the second one is ask and it's given by Esther and Jerry Hicks which again blew my tiny mind when I read it completely about the whole way the universe is structured and how it all works uh, awesome thank you so much for those and then I do have another uh, a new question which I nearly forgot to ask because it's it's new new mm. um I've only asked a couple of people this now um and uh, maybe it's a challenge just to pick one thing for this. But if there was one thing that would make the world a better place, what would it be? I think for everybody. Oh, good Lord. No. See, I've got 16,000 things flying through my head now. I've changed my mind about five times in the seconds that it took me to start answering. I think, honestly, it would be for everyone to know, to everyone to know that happiness is there is possible is is there is supposed to be their natural state of being right I think because I had no idea when I first started therapy I had no I can remember being absolutely gobsmacked at the way this person thought because I'd never come across this way of thinking before it was completely alien to me and I had I just thought that you just put up with whatever life threw at you and that was it and that was you know tough bananas you have to just do this and what the therapy did for me most impactfully was open my eyes to the idea that all of this joy was possible for me so I think if everybody had that knowledge the world would be a completely different place yeah, thank you so much. I, yeah, it's hard, just one thing, because otherwise yeah. we can be here all day listing like, all these things. So. <laughs> um, Joe, that brings me to my final question, which is where people can connect with you. If they want to check out the Happiness Club, where can they find all the details? Okay, so the best place is uh, on our website, which is thehappinessclub.co.uk. Um, I'll say that again, thehappinessclub.co.uk. There is a happiness club and 
I regularly get emails forwarded on to me from the lovely person who runs Happiness Club. Bless them. Um, so thehappinessclub.co.uk. And I'm on Facebook as Joe Happiness Howarth. Obviously, I'm on LinkedIn as Joe Happiness Howarth. I'm on Twitter as Happiness Club Joe. Uh, you can get me on any of those platforms. Yeah, awesome. And we'll absolutely link in the show notes so people can find you nice and easily cool. from there. Joe, I'm really glad that we've <laughs> that, that we've we've connected. Funny that it's today when happiness has been in my mind anyway, but thank you so much for joining us and everything you share with us. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So a massive thank you to Joe and just a couple of things I wanted to comment on. Obviously, my new question. Uh, I'm just very sporadically asking that in new interviews. It's not as sort of fixed as some of the others. So sometimes you'll hear it, sometimes not. It's not really a continuity error in how I edit. It's just that sometimes I ask it and sometimes I don't. So, so that's that. Um, as I sort of mentioned the uh, working with me in this episode, I thought it only right to share very, very briefly uh, how you can work with me. I do have a couple of spaces for clients and particularly... If you are um, someone uh, sort of so ugh, can't talk, see, not very succinct at all <laughs> in that. Um, but really what I love to do is to help people to to figure out who they are, their superpowers, strategies to manage things that they find challenging. I love working with neurodiverse people, particularly autism and ADHD. And uh, one of the things I offer support with is that kind of post-diagnostic support for women and girls who've kind of received a late diagnosis or no diagnosis, but um, have had that, that, that kind of mental health impact of feeling like there is something wrong with them, um, when there absolutely isn't. They're just, you know, and myself as well, <laughs> we're just wired a little differently. So um, yeah. If any of that sort of resonates, I work in a really um, person-centered way, uh, combining coaching, mentoring, psychoeducation, support, advice, all that kind of stuff as appropriate, um, depending on what people want to look at. So whether that, that is to do with that kind of post-diagnostic support and kind of making sense of who you are and all of that, whether it is with transitions, whether that is from like school to college, out of university, or probably not at this time of year, um, into to work, relationship stuff, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, get in touch. So best way, my website is still in need of a little bit of a refresh, but www.psyche.co.uk has all of the information, a way to connect with me through the contact form. Um, and also all the podcast stuff is there so you can check out all the show notes there uh, and also if you're interested in applying to be a guest on the show if you want to share either something awesome that you've got going on that is related to mental well-being or talk about your own mental health experience you can connect with us on there as well and then the final thing um, I'm going to do the glad activity to finish so five things I am glad about today so I'm really glad that I got both episodes edited, so this week and next week, so that I can really relax and enjoy the time off that I have over the festive period, which doesn't start for a couple of days, but I can enjoy it knowing that you are still going to get the episodes out. So I'm glad about that. I am glad that I've been doing some training today and I did a skills practice and it went really really well it's something that sometimes you can feel quite anxious about but it was 
I, I don't know if it could have gone better. So that was awesome. I'm really glad how that went. Um, I'm glad that it is dry today. And so I was able to go out in the garden and do some pour art, which is something I love to do. I love to be creative. And that, uh, yeah, the, the weather's hopefully still, hopefully it's not secretly started raining when I record this, or it might be ruined. But at the moment, I've created the art and I have that space for myself to do that. I'm glad that once I finish this, I can chill out for the evening, uh, have some snuggles with my pup-pup and watch the Strictly Come Dancing final because uh, I'm a big fan, although not glad that AJ um, is injured and can't compete. But um, that's not what this activity is about. It's about glad. <laughs> my final glad is I am glad that you are here, that you are listening to this, that you've listened to the the very end of this episode, that you support the show um, and really the community that um, of audience that, that we have on the show. It really means a lot to me. And yeah, I am glad that you are here. So thank you. And um, that's everything. So I hope you have a great week. Whether you're doing anything special on Saturday or not, uh, I'm trying to sort of, yeah, be a bit more inclusive and not just presume that everyone is going to celebrate Christmas. And actually, I celebrate Christmas, but kind of in a secular, non-religious sort of way. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I hope that you have a good week, that you find some time for yourself, for self-care, to really give yourself a gift of of, of time, of nurturing, of whatever you need, but also if you are seeing family or anything like that, that you have a lovely, lovely time, that you're happy. Um, yeah, and that's good. And that you are safe and, and take care of yourself as well. Because yeah, all of that, let's not go back into that. But I'll be back next week, or an episode will be back. Uh, past Hannah will be, <laughs> be with you. Oh, I need to stop talking and finish this. But um, this is what happens. I just sort of go off on like tangents and, you know, a bit bit quirky I am and uh, sometimes it comes out sometimes I'm a bit more polished but that's who I am and if you've not heard it yet um I don't know it's not <laughs> maybe not I don't let it out maybe on all episodes as much but it is there um so yeah I'm gonna finish now <laughs> but I still have to record the intro for next week so I have to uh, pull myself together a little bit for that until next week again massive thank you to Joe. massive thank you to you for tuning in and until next week, as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.